pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. We're going to go silent count. Stay on me. He's RJ Ochoa. I'm Rob Thompson. So it'll be officially official after the official press conference at 2 o'clock, but there will be two official statements prior to then. As the buildup will finally be complete, we will know that it will be Mike Zimmer, our defensive coordinator here for the Dallas Cowboys. Let's find out about the man and his history. We'd like to welcome on our show Arif Hassan. Uh, he wrote for the Vikings. He wrote for the Athletic on the Vikings, currently writing a subset called Wide Left Post, and he's here with us now. Good morning, sir. We're glad you're here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Arif, um, I'll be straight up. I'm not too pumped about Mike Zimmer. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that you can um, salvage things for us, or at least for me. Um, you know, last time I spoke to you was about Everson Griffin when he signed to the Dallas Cowboys, and I was really excited about that, and that didn't exactly work out. So hopefully this is an inverse of that situation. The, the line, Arif, that every Cowboys fan is using to cope with themselves is that Mike Zimmer has had success against Kyle Shanahan and his disciples running all over the NFL. In your experience, is that – a fair characterization. No, I think it is. Uh, I think the fact that he's been in a division with teams that run Shanahan-style offenses, whether it's you know Matt Lafleur who directly runs a Shanahan-style offense, or Ben Johnson who uh, has not grown up in a Shanahan-style offense but copies a lot of those principles in designing the Detroit Lions stuff. Um, I think that you know that helps kind of demonstrate that he's got a history there of limiting them a lot more than other teams do, especially. You know, Mike Zimmer is kind of very well known for doing a very good job against Aaron Rodgers specifically. Uh, when his numbers, uh, when, when Aaron Rodgers plays the Vikings, his numbers were significantly worse than when he played any other team. So there's a history there of working specifically against Shanahan offenses that I think you should be optimistic about. Interesting. Arif Hassan joining us. Uh, we're looking at Mike Zimmer, who will be named today officially as the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, coming back home with a position that he held some years ago. And in the mean, he was in Cincinnati for a bit, and then he went to to the Vikings. Give me an idea of the flow of his arc as a coach there in Minneapolis, because his reputation as a hard-ass and one of those guys that's going to lean on you a little bit more than other coaches. Uh, when I hear those, I always think coaches with shelf lives. That, you know, for a while it works, then you get tired of hearing it. Tell us about the arc of his coaching there in Minnesota, and did by the time he was done, was that hard-ass thing enough for his players and they are ready for him to go? Yeah, I think that's mostly correct. There's a little nuance there, of course, as there is with every uh, coach. But I think, you know, he shows up. Um, he's a huge difference from the previous coach, Leslie Frazier, who I think a lot of people characterize as a player's coach, definitely a lot softer in his approach than Zimmer, who does like to yell a lot, does like to berate players, doesn't really have a lot of patience for, for what he considers to be nonsense. Um, you know, and initially there was a little bit of friction. Some players... Uh, felt that he wasn't treating them fairly. Some players felt that he wasn't taking into account things like injuries. Um, but the defense turned around pretty quickly from around uh, 28th in the league to about 13th, 14th in the league. 
Uh, and then there was a three-year stretch where the defense was one of the best uh, in the league, including in 2017 where it was the best in the league by a lot of metrics. Uh, and the team obviously, you know, was loving it. You know, he was uh, the coach that was at the head of, you know, that Minneapolis miracle season where, uh, you know, again, it was 2017. They were leading the league in defense. Case Keenum was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, but then, you know, some things kind of started wearing. They brought in Kirk Cousins. It seemed like he wasn't really a fan of that move. I think he got really attached to Teddy Bridgewater in a big way, and, and I don't think he really let go of that, and that kind of rubbed off on his relationship with Cousins, and it became pretty clear by the end of it that that was a pretty difficult relationship to manage. He ended up having some difficult relationships with some of the offensive coordinators. He didn't like that John Filippo liked to pass the ball a ton, and so he got rid of him after one season. Admittedly, Filippo was not a very good coordinator either, but that was kind of a, a main pressure point. And then that refusal to kind of pass the ball also created some tension between him and Stephon Diggs, where Diggs signed an extension with the understanding that they would continue to throw the ball a fair amount. That didn't happen. And so um, because of that and maybe a couple of other things, Diggs forced his way out, got traded to uh, the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, that, that kind of that arc that you described did kind of happen. It was really good for a while. Uh, and then it just kind of fell off, although I think actually the greater problem was that he wasn't really adapting the way that he was coaching to the fact that a bunch of new players were coming in, and he just kind of expected, you know, given he had some of the lowest roster turnover in the NFL, he kind of expected people to pick up the, a really complex defense really quickly, whereas he didn't expect that back in 2014, 2015. He taught people and, and increased the complexity of the defense over time, but he was really good at reaching people at that moment. He understood that different players had different teaching styles, and so he would approach players differently. He wouldn't berate everybody. He knew that some players responded differently to that kind of stuff. So I think there is a little bit of nuance there, but he's really good at reaching out to specific players once he understood them. Arif, when Zimmer was first connected to the Cowboys opening, the first thing I did was go kind of cross-reference my own um, memory uh, with FTN Fantasy's DVOA data, obviously, and defensively, obviously, the first couple of years, you know, every coach kind of needs a, a little bit of time to institute their program, but a top five defense by DVOA in 16, 17, 18, and 19, but then dipped all the way down to 25 in 2020 and 19 in that final season of 2021. When I tweeted this out, and you know how this kind of thing tends to go, all I got from the Cowboys fans who were just chugging this Kool-Aid were, oh, well, injuries and players got older. What, what in your estimation, explains the drop-off over those last two seasons where he was in Minnesota? I think it's a combination of, of actually, I think that that's a pretty legitimate excuse of having a lot of roster turnover. Injury wasn't as big an issue, if I remember correctly, but um, he lost, you know, his top corners, his top defensive linemen, uh, his linebackers in free agency a lot. And so uh, they went from a team that uh, changed maybe one starter over, you know, a three-year span, like one starter every new year for three years, to a team that had nine new starters, I think, in, in 2019 or, or in 2020, and again, another like seven new starters again in 2021. And that's, that's just a really difficult situation for anybody to manage, even a really great coach. Uh, but, you know, we would ask him, like, hey, so you've got like all these rookies coming in, you've got a third round corner here, you've got a fifth round corner here, you've got a second year safety here. Um, are you going to change the defense to accommodate the fact that none of them know it? And he said, absolutely not. Um, and, and that was that was like a, a, a kind of light bulb moment. We're like, oh, I don't know that this is going to work out well. And then we saw some signs in the preseason that this wasn't going to go well. We saw the first couple of games it wasn't going well, and and we said, hey, is this a concern? And he's like, I've never had, I've never coached a bad defense. And so that was 
a really big kind of like red flag. Like, hey, you've got nine new players and they're not playing well. And just saying you've never coached a bad defense is like not a great sign. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm giving you a bunch of stuff to feel kind of pessimistic about. I actually think it's a great hire, but you're asking me questions about, you know, why things went wrong. And that's, and that's why those things went wrong is because a bunch of new players came in. That part's not his fault. He didn't really adapt very well to those new players. That is definitely his fault. Yeah, Reef, I'm not above admitting that I might be jaded in the moment, you know, based on the last month that it's been for the Cowboys. But you mentioned that you think it's a good hire. There's a lot of people who, who like you, know a lot more about I do about uh, certain principles and schematic advantages and things like that. In a general 30,000-foot perspective sort of way, why is it a good hire in your estimation for the Cowboys? Yes. Yeah, because when he's not kind of in that framework, and I think as a new coach he won't be, He's an extremely flexible and adaptable coach, not just to the individual coaching styles of his players, but to the league in general. Um, when everybody um, started implementing uh, cover three defense, he started changing the cover three that the Vikings ran so that it looked different than everybody else's. He started doing the double A gap look that everyone knows him for before anyone else, and then he abandoned it before anyone else abandoned it. And then he moves into the cover four defense that a lot of people started using, and then the cover six defense before Vic Fangio was famous for using it, way before anybody else did. And that was one of the reasons that that 2019 defense was so good is because it started changing and adapting. His second-half performances were way better than his first-half performances on defense, so he's making a bunch of really great in-game adjustments. He does a lot of really great individual coaching. He maximized Neil Hunter in a huge way. Third-round pick, had one-and-a-half sacks in his final year of college. Um, was just a really, he turned into one of the best pass rushers in the NFL, did a great job with Xavier Rhodes, who had two really bad years with uh, Leslie Frazier, and then became one of the top corners in the NFL. Same thing with Trey Waynes. Um, it's just, I think that he does a really great job figuring out the direction the NFL is going in, and then anticipating it and figuring it out. Instead of, hey, everybody else is running you know, the Seattle cover three. I'm going to do that too. He doesn't do that. He figures out what offenses are going to do, and then he responds to that before it happens. So I think he's a really adaptable, flexible coach, and it, is, and it shows up in a lot of ways that we see modern defenses approach things. Really great stuff. This is Arif Hassan. If you want more of it, he's got a sub stack. It's wide left post. Go find it and uh, get into it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what he'll be bringing because you just answered a couple of questions and if i was interviewing i you know one of the things i'd want to know is how do stars function in your defense do you create stars or guys getting better because i got a couple stars that i got to keep fed and happy and micah and Diggs and some others and it appears that he has raised and, and functioned with stars on his defense what does he do defensively that makes him so successful against the shanahan acolytes i mean what 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 does it make it why does he beat them? Is it scheme or is it adaptability? Um, I, I think it's more adaptability. He isn't really ever married to, to one scheme. Uh, and I think when you take a look at things like stars, what he really does is he tries to identify what really maximizes the impact of those players. So when Daniel Hunter was coming up, I mean, he didn't become uh, a huge pass rusher until his third year in the NFL, and so they weren't scheming around ways to maximize him. But when it was clear that he had all this talent, what they would do is they'd find ways to shift the blocking away from Hunter so he'd have as many one-on-one matchups as possible. And so instead of doing you know, the double-A gap stuff, which is really good at creating one-on-one matchups, they'd start moving Anthony Barr around. And Anthony Barr is really well-known for being an off-ball blitzer, a guy that teams would always pay attention to. Whether or not he was actually good at blitzing, teams would always devote blocking attention to him regardless of where he was. 
So they'd move him around and move him away from Hunter, or they would, you know, drop Everson Griffin in coverage. Everyone's like, why would you drop a great pass rusher in coverage? Well, it's creating these one-on-one um, pass rushing opportunities for somebody like Hunter. Or they saw, you know, he saw what Xavier Rhodes was doing and decided, hey, I have shadowed cornerbacks. My, or I have, I have uh, played sides with my cornerbacks my entire career. My left side cornerback always plays on my left. My right side cornerback always plays on my right. But Xavier Rhodes is special. So I'm just going to have him shadow a guy. And it worked out really well. It was part of the 2017 defense that was really excellent. So he figures out kind of what these guys do really well, and then he tries to find ways to maximize them. Oh, Harrison Smith's a really good uh, blitzing safety. Uh, okay, I guess obviously we'll just blitz him a lot. Like I, I think that that's, you know, a lot of, you think that that's simple, but a lot of coaches just don't do that. You know, we, we just had in Minnesota, Ed Donatel, he wouldn't do that. And so figuring out what they do, putting them in positions to do that, but then also making sure that the rest of the team can help support figuring out ways to maximize that guy. That's something he's very good at, and it does create star opportunities for people like Harrison Smith, people like Anthony Barr, people like Daniel Hunter, people like Xavier Rhodes. Uh, he just does a really great job of doing that kind of thing. Arif Hassan, one of the smartest people who is involved in any kind of capacity with the NFL, uh, somebody who poured me a glass because I'm, I'm ready to get a little bit more into this. There we go. Arif. Uh, Arif, also congratulations on um, on lighting the flame of coming for Kyle Shanahan uh, with exposing the, the tweet about the um, it was it was your tweet that really kind of sent things uh, into yeah. commotion on Monday morning. So um, you you and Mike Zimmer kind of park your cars in the same garage. You come for Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> well, a good company to share, I guess. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> there he Appreciate goes. it, Arif. Uh, thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of the week. Yeah, thanks. You too.